I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. While Roman Abramovich sells up, Big Rom scores the winner. Welcome along to the Football Ramble. It is Thursday, the 3rd of March. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Vidushin Hunteraja. Welcome along to the Football Ramble, everyone. It's Jules, Vish and Andy here. Good to see you, boys. How are you both? Good. I feel that there is hope for my future football career. That's right, future football career. Because well, Andy, Ken- do you realise how old you are? <laughs> Kennedy played for Chelsea last night. Oh. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. There is a I chance. would like the loan spell to Granada first. <laughs> so he hasn't played in like four years. Imagine how achy he's feeling today. <laughs> But fucking hell, yeah. Well, he Give has a bit of warning. He has played in four years, just not for Chelsea. No, I prefer my version <laughs> of events. <laughs> It'd be great if they just rolled him out and he was like, fucking, like, just had, still had like, what's it crumbs on his shirt. <laughs> like, what have you been doing? I've been sat on the couch, you haven't called me. Don't you mean Cheetos? He's lived abroad for a while, you know? <laughs> That's you, you true. Don't, you don't have what's it's in Granada, do you? It's all but, about the crunchy cheese. No, you do. You, you have one of those like English, ye olde English shop where they sell Marmite and <laughs> everything from Marks Yorkshire and Spencer's. Yorkshire I, I, I found that amusing that Coleman's Mustard and Marmite, when I lived in France, both made it into my local supermarket's exotic foods section. Shut up. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that section. I still think that... Um, <laughs> I shop at Waitrose. So let's put that out there straight away. Oh, doing hello. Right. Doing all right for yourself, <laughs> aren't doing you, mate? Right. Yeah, sure. moving up in the world, yeah. Um, but um, I find it annoying that Sriracha is still in the 
exotic food food aisles. I've not met right. someone who doesn't eat sriracha. Yeah, no. Is it really? Yeah, it should just put it out I, in the open. I don't it should be next to baked beans. Hang on right? a minute. Are you sure Waitrose has an exotic food section? Yeah, they do. Yeah, do they? yeah. But it's where they it's where they keep all the flavour. <laughs> <laughs> I think de- depending on the supermarket you shop in, the exotic food aisle is differs very a lot. It differs quite a bit because in Waitrose, I think it's still quite posh stuff. Yeah, well, you know so what? Well, I mean? But you, so you live in quite a highbrow, like you know, kind of closed off part of society, don't Me? you? Me? Yeah. <laughs> so is it just like exotic meats? <laughs> I actually watched a really funny video um, that uh, you know the comedian Russell Kane. Yes. He posted on TikTok and he said that only posh people pluralize words like meat, and you just did that. You said meats. Yeah, because they're <laughs> different types of meats. <laughs> I'm going to the supermarket to buy some meat. You. Fish goes to the supermarket to buy some meats. Yeah, you got <laughs> to know what meats it is. And yeah. Cheeses. But b- bottom line, so you got to fit in a waitrose. Yeah, ruthless. Sorry to derail this, but the fact that Kennedy has made it back from Granada without putting on four stone after all the free tapas, because that's right in Granada, free tapas when you go in the bar. Oh, is that and... like in Italy? What do they call that in Italy? They have like food on the bar at a certain times. Yes. When right. You go in and you can just buy a drink and then... Andy, I think you actually told me that secret. You said to me mm. when you go to Spain, if you order, is it half a beer? Yeah. Yeah, if you order basically half a pint at a bar, they'll come over and give you free food. Yeah, only only in Granada. How insane is that? But, but like good. every... I owed a lot of food for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> every every bar there has its own speciality. So you have like a, a seafood bar. They've got this bar in Granada. It's like a little... Um, and I was talking about derailing the, con- you <laughs> like derailing you. the conversation. You've gone way off anyway, the subject. There's, there's this place. It's like... Um, it's like a sort of like little medieval court. They have like a sort of grey brick walls and uh, sort of suits of armour standing up there and they do like mini burgers in there mm. they, they do like mini burgers and chips while, while you're having, having your drinks so anyway that he's come back there and got over that I, I think it's testament to his professionalism new ramble away day in the offing I was yeah, about to say more definitely. on Andy's travel diaries coming soon <laughs> I'll be part of that please um, right let is, let's talk a little bit about last night's match and of course there is a bigger story around this as well with just before kickoff Roman Abramovich released a statement saying that he was going to sell the club. We will talk about that in a moment, but let's just talk about what we saw on the pitch because it finished Luton 2, Chelsea 3 in the FA Cup fifth round. So Chelsea through to the quarterfinals. But it, it wasn't easy for them, Vish, was it? They had a bit of a scare at old Kenilworth Road amidst all of that that was surrounding the club. They had to twice come from behind to go on and win the match. They needed their substitutes to make a difference in that second half. And it was an incredible start from Luton. I was kind of hoping for another upset. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a very, it felt very FA Cup upsetty in that, you know, when the team score, when the, you know, the weaker team scored that early and you can tell they're all, th- everyone in the ground with loot and allegiances was like, oh, what have we done? We've <laughs> not only scored too, uh, too early, but we've angered them as well. And it was I, what, I, like a hundred and something seconds. It was less than, less than two minutes into the match. It was an amazing start. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. And he kind of... It, <laughs> But you looked at it and thought, certainly I did. And, you know, I would consider myself a football romantic, but I looked at those players on the pitch and thought, right, you know, they're catching them a bit cold here. But also the state of that bench. I was like, there's (laughs) no way they're just, they're coming out of this alive, Luton. And and Mm. 
you know, in the end, the fa- I, I love the fact that they retook the lead, and I thought the way they retook the lead was was brilliant. brilliant really, it's um, a great goal and against the run of play. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, uh, just yeah. a point where you think Chelsea are gonna not having this anymore. And also the, yeah. the way the way that they, you know, Harry Connick score. Well, the goal came about was a lot of players making the right decisions at the right time. Yeah, and that was the that's the way to cut through a team of Chelsea standard, and 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 they did it. But yeah, just. Shame it didn't, you know, come to pass. I uh, know, especially because we saw the night before, obviously, Middlesbrough upsetting Spurs. Obviously, that's a, a bit of a, a, a bigger upset than what we still could potentially see later because Boreham would play Everton and non-league playing a Premier League side. It's what the FA Cup is all about. But we didn't get it last night. Um, I thought Chelsea were, were much better in the second half, Andy. And I think two players... That's got... high quality subs for you. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's actually... I was going to say two players that, that needed a goal. Three players. All three of Chelsea's scorers mm. actually like really could have done with that last night and it probably will do them a bit of good. Yeah, I mean, I've always had this feeling, even before he sort of started showing signs of usefulness, that Saul is basically on a gap here in London. Mm. I, I, I feel quite strongly <laughs> that he will go back to Atletico Madrid. Atletico fans, certain quite vocal section of Atletico fans, certainly on social media, are kind of pining for his return. Um, right? Would it be that amicable then? He would just come back and it would be... It'd be for like let's forget about let's that. Forgive. Yeah, yeah. I I think so. he just he just wanted to get out and play. I don't know why you would want to get out and play and go to Chelsea. It's it's a very it's unusual. On that, but, it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it 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 is, and it's... I think it's turned out not that different than 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 you would expect. But in terms of, can I just ask on Saul, Andy? Because you'll know better than me. Is the reason why he's not getting minutes because? they've got so much depth in squad or is it because he had that horrific debut and you think it, he just wasn't maybe cut out for it? I think it's because it's it's a weird move, as I said, because he needed to play and play in a position that he was happy with after the last year and a half that he's had at Atletico. And I think that you, A, don't come to the Premier League and B, definitely don't come to Chelsea to recover your form because mm. there's never going to be that level of patience yeah. or time or... It's, it's it's a really weird move in so many ways. It's it's different with Werner and Lukaku because they're going to move forward with those players. I, I think that's that's pretty clear. Or or they should be able to anyway. Yeah, Werner's them. Um, they want to. Werner's a funny one though, isn't he? Because I remember, you know, obviously we all when he joined, we all thought you know it was going to go better than it's gone so far. I had him as golden boot winner in his first season at Chelsea. But then I even think I did as well. Yeah. <laughs> but even in his first season, he managed to basically like, uh, you know. <laughs> fall down the hill and land on his feet because I think he was the first player since Eden Hazard to register double figures in goals and assists for Chelsea. So, you know, he was clearly... And obviously, they didn't necessarily have like an out-and-out goal straw last year, but it felt like he was somehow doing worthwhile things. And that seems to be lacking a bit this year because he's not needed as much mm. because other players have come to the fore. I think of even someone like, like Havertz, I don't believe we've seen the best of Havertz at all, but he's, you know, certainly a lot more productive than than Werner is. Um, I don't really know what happened to him. Someone someone asked the question yesterday. It might have been... Um, actually, I can't remember who it was, but they were like, what what happens to, to Werner at the end of this season? And the prevailing sense was Dortmund. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Loan. Yeah. yeah okay, it's, it's, loan, it's, right. it's got that written all over it, doesn't it? Doesn't it really? And you know that he'll go to another club and be fantastic. Yeah. But I wonder if this... And again... We we have to say is Luton, and no disrespect to Luton, because the fact that they've come back from non-league to be in the Championship Incredible. playoffs in eight years is is absolutely yeah. astonishing, especially in a modern context. Yeah, but <laughs> this won't be Chelsea's biggest test of the season. What it might be 
is a little wake-up call because when Werner puts in that ball for Lukaku and you think that is the service that Lukaku's been waiting for all night, mm. that, that has always been the thing. The fact that they bought Lukaku for so much money and seemed to have no idea of what made him successful at Inter. And having a strike partner is a huge part of that. And if there's going to be value in Werner, it would be in connecting with Lukaku and getting the best out of out of Lukaku. But even the way you talk about the connection, it seems to me like they are two mountain climbers and one of them's falling off a cliff and they've got to make a decision whether, <laughs> whether they need to cut the rope. Because it, it, like, it does feel a little bit like that. Does he want to be wedded or does he want to be associated that much to like, right, you, we need to thrive together because neither of us are thriving now. Is, is it quite an interesting thing to look forward to? I'd even say as well, just to go back to your point about Chelsea having bigger challenges than Luton, I think Luton fans are probably waking up today and being like, that was fun, but we got bigger challenges as well. Yes, you know, 100%. Totally. They're focused now. Absolutely. I don't think anyone at the start of this season would have had them up there to be one of the, the playoff chasing sides. In fact, there's quite a few in that top six and in and around it that people wouldn't expect. So it's getting really exciting in the championship. Um, let's just talk about um, the statement that was released by Roman Abramovich before kickoff because it was, well, it was very soon before kickoff that this was released, so much so that we didn't get to get Thomas Tuchel's thoughts on it prior to kickoff. We did get his thoughts after, which we'll come on to, but he is selling Chelsea after 19 years. He said in his statement that he believes it's in the best interest of the club for him to sell right now. Um, he said in his statement, he will not be asking for any loans to be repaid. We know the club's in £1.5 billion of debt to him. He said, this has never been about business or money for me but about pure passion for the game and club. It's something we were expecting to see happen, Andy, but now that he's officially said he's selling the club, what was your reaction? Um, that it's an enormous public turnaround from saying, I'm going to park it with the trustees, what, three days ago yeah. for, for, for a start. The day before their League Cup final. Yeah. It's a rally turn around Strange on that. Strange timing. You know, a couple of hours before the FA Cup match. I think, obviously, there has been, I think, a significant section of, of, of Chelsea fans who've had this outpouring of best owner ever, et cetera, et cetera, which on one hand, I, I understand. On the other hand, I, I don't think really sits right at the moment with everything else that's going on in the world and the situation in which he is and he's been made he has been pretty clear is being made to sell the club you know by the current situation um quite apart from, there are, there are loads of angles to this obviously so many, isn't there? but a, a, a major one someone who i think maybe Rory Smith made the point someone who's a great owner do they put themselves in the position where they're willing to sell to to anyone? Where because he's obviously keen to get rid of the club in a rush because so far you know even the public timeline the the timeline of his his public stance because bear in mind like less than twenty four hours before that statement Chelsea are still briefing that the club is not for sale. Mm -hmm. So that is a, is a massive turnaround in terms in terms of the public position. So if someone is has really got the best interest of the club at heart, does selling to anyone 
really have the best interests of the club at heart. That's that's the that's the other thing, isn't it? Like, there's so little detail in this, and there's always been so little detail with with Abramovich. It's it's for a statement that, by his standards, is quite expressive. It's still very opaque. You, you know, we don't really know um, in terms of um, you know giving away the profits to a charity which a charity foundation which by the way doesn't actually exist yet so i don't think we should slap him on the back for a pledge not a commitment but a pledge to give money to a charitable foundation that doesn't yet exist net profit as well yeah and, so so and- does does that include the loan i mean it, you know this, this this could be this could be peanuts for all, for all we know i'm not going to i i don't think it's quite the time to say to start tearing him out but it's not the time to start praising him either because we know so little and we're always in this position with Abramovich or with Chelsea un- under Abramovich, I think. I think we're always in this position in football because, for example, one of the things that it was re- that was relayed to me after the statement was that, yeah, he's saying that you don't necessarily need to pay me back my $1.5 billion that I've loaned you, that he's loaned himself from a different holding company, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but his valuation in the sale makes up that money, yeah. essentially. So it's not quite as it seems. And there are a lot of people, a lot of very you know, intelligent people on Twitter who are making these points. Rory Smith's thread that you alluded to earlier, and he is worth a read as well. People have been writing about this. People with a, a very firm understanding of how money moves behind the scenes at that level. And so, you know, th- there is... I can totally understand. I, I totally agree with you in terms of the way that some Chelsea fans and even some ex-Chelsea players and John Terry this morning have come out and unequivocally backed or thanked Roman Abramovich. But at the same time, I feel like because of how football has found itself in position or how it's allowed itself to be put in this position and, and walked along the way, it hasn't been dragged. Yeah. That def- definitely hasn't been dragged. Mm. It now requires fans to be in a way, geopolitical experts on this. I'm not, you know, there are generations of Chelsea fans who will simply know Chelsea and Roman Vambage of one of the same. And I don't necessarily think ill of them for the, you know, for, for seeing him as a guy who brought success. I do feel very uncomfortable in the way that they can lord him, despite the fact that we there is information out there and certainly... You know, we can't necessarily expressly say them on this podcast, but there, you know, you can you can do some reading around Abramovich and how he's accrued his wealth and his friends to, you know, come to certain conclusions yourself that have been corroborated by substantial sources and written about in books and articles and things like that. Um, the thing I do wonder about, though, is that so this we've seen how quickly it's escalated over the last few days. We've spoken about it over the last few days on this, you know, in this very room. I think being you know five or six people, we've all had our and I'll share of it. And we always, at the end of the conversation, which I suppose I'll probably like move to now, is where do we go from here? And I think one of the things that came up on Tuesday show when I was on it was like, I asked Kate if this would be a line in the sand moment because how do you come back from this, you know, dr- you know, <laughs> this war, basically? This is this is what we have here. People are, people are selling up, people are moving on. It's not just Roman at Chelsea. It's happening all over the world. It's happening, you know, further down in the league with Everton and... Usmanov as well. Where do we go from here? Now, there's a new story come out this morning about 
how oh, there's going to be um can't remember the, the exact wording but the fit and proper p- person test is going to have human rights to human... added to it yeah, yeah. in the premier so, league so, that is. The, the, so the, the, the premier added... league are considering human rights adding no, got, got to you got to hear both sides andy haven't you you got considering i mean it's it's remarkable when you hear that because uh, look, i'm i'm totally with both of you i think that you know there's a lot of stuff we can't say but from everything you read and from what is out there for you that is able to be read, please do go and read it because I think that it it's okay for us to sit here and say that we feel uncomfortable about the lauding of Roman Abramovich so soon after everything that's happening and everything that's happening around the world right now. And I think that that's fair to say, but it's how the club move forward and the impact this might have on the club now because we know about the success he's brought. There will now be new owners of the club and the question is really, will they be able to operate at the same level that they have been think, over these last few years? And what kind of impact does that therefore have on not just the players and the players they're able to bring in and everything that has to do with that and the financial fair play and how that's all going to play out with this sale of the club, but also with the coach, with Thomas Tuchel, who I feel has you know become a spokesman in what is a, an incredibly difficult time to be able to to speak about his position, the player's position, the club's position, the human rights perspective of it all. And he's had to front that all for the club. Yeah, and I mean, he's made a bit of a rod for his own back by giving an intelligence nuanced answer the first time he was asked about Mm -hmm. it, therefore opening himself up to being asked about it again. Whereas if it had been like, you know, other managers out there and just dead, dead batted it and played dumb, uh, maybe he doesn't get asked about it again. You know, the, the what fact you're is, saying is it's better to be thick, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or better to pretend that you're thick. Uh, and uh, you know that he's he's in that position. And you know, as the most senior, public-facing, available to the media on a regular basis person at, at, at Chelsea, that's simply how it is. Mm. And yeah. how he, how he chooses to play it from there is is fair enough. I, I think. In terms of what I was saying about the sort of person who might go and buy Chelsea, I think when you look at Abramovich taking over Chelsea or when you look at the City takeover or when you look at the Newcastle takeover, that sort, even that sort of level of wealth, it sort of comes with a bit of knight on a white horse sort of angle. Yeah. So, you know, there was pulling Chelsea. Remember, Chelsea were in... Of course, they've been already raised up by Matthew Harding's money, but they were in serious financial trouble when Abramovich took over. City were in mid-table no-man's land. Um, Newcastle are where they are. Everyone knows that. But if you're, there's none of that element if you're taking over Chelsea now. You're taking over Chelsea, and arguably the only way you can really go is down. Because yeah. Chelsea, in a, on a sporting level in the Abramovich years, have been incredible, as, as people have, have, have rushed to point out. Also, you've got the rather difficult issue of having to sort the stadium out at some mm. point, which is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. The, possi- the possibility of doing something at Battersea Power Station has, has, has been and gone. Then you look at the fact that you've got the, uh, the Chelsea pitch owners who have stopped Abramovich just doing what he wanted. And that level of questioning and protection of the fabric of your club is extremely important, mm. I think, in the face of immense wealth. And the Chelsea fans who've done that have to be applauded because they have 
made sure the very fabric of their their club remains. But it does present an obstacle for whoever whoever takes over over next. I, I think it's in in terms of as you said a, a consortium of million, uh, billionaires sorry taking over. It's, it's it's not the open and shut case that, that that people think it is in terms of a purchase. I would say, and it's also not the open. Uh, it, well, it, it's not because they have a lot of money. It, it it'd be wrong to assume that they would match the level of investment that Roman has put into the team over, mm. you know, over the last few years. Well, you know, over his entire tenure, really. I think that that will be the interesting thing because I I do think I do think there is an, there was a, a developed affinity between Roman and the club. Like I do believe he is. A, you know, he is a Chelsea fan, and I have no doubt he will watch the games when he when he moves on as well, because it, you know, it's been such a big part of, I suppose, helping him get to where he is. Not literally right now, but you know, a bit before that. <laughs> um, and you, you, yeah, you, I mean, they're they're not gonna get that affinity, and also because, as you said about the about the white horse thing, this is very different because it really does feel like this consortium or certainly whoever does take over the club are going to play Abramovich. They know that the longer it goes on, the price is going to tank Mm -hmm. and it's going to be that little bit easier for them to acquire the club and they can acquire it at a more, what they would perceive as a, you know, more reasonable um, price. So it'd be interesting. I, I think it's like from a, obviously it's so much more important than football, but from a football side, it's, it feels we are at the end of uh, a dynasty here and one that, you know, you can't help but feel that maybe we're all responsible for, for waving through to a point. Mm, yeah, it's a dark end, isn't it? Um, but look, I'm sure it's a story we are going to continue talking a lot about. Um, and let's see how quickly the sale of the club does eventually go through. We're going to take a break now when we come back more on last night's FA Cup matches. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormal Maladies, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Have you ever wondered what happened to all those space-age promises that previous generations thought we'd have by now? You know, heading out for the day on your own personal flying cars or working on a space hotel somewhere in the far reaches of our solar system. Where are all those amazing inventions? Well, we're here to find out more on my new podcast, Where's My Jetpack? I'm Sarah Credis, space expert, TV host, and author. Join me and Luke Moore every week as we look into retrofuturistic tech that never was to decide whether it's still just science fiction or if some of these discoveries are actually a lot closer than you think. I think we're very close to that happening on a, an even more regular basis. And what I think is interesting about that too is that's going to make the accessibility of getting to space available for more and more people. So, if you've ever wondered whether we'll one day speak to aliens light years away, or you'll be flying to work on a jetpack, this is the podcast for you. Think of the car parking spaces. They're these massive. No, really wide. the wings can fold up. Well, they don't exist. No, some of the cars um, which were designed had wings which folded up. Are you happy getting in a plane knowing the wings fold up? Yeah. I, right. I trust engineering. Trust the science. Search Where's My Jetpack on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where's My Jetpack is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Let's not take a piss here. I certainly wasn't. Well, I think you are. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It is Jules, Andy and Vish here with you this Thursday. And now it's time for this. It's going to be a lovely old time. (laughs) The Football Ramble. Email. It's going to be a sexy... Ripping off a vicious sexy lifestyle. Sweet. Sausages. More Kevin (laughs) Keegan. More Carlo Ancelotti. More sausages. And left eyebrow. That's not the email you're going Did Super Hands make this? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Bit super Hands, doesn't it? Have you heard that before? No. no. Neither have I. Is that our first run of that? <laughs> it must be, yeah. It's excellent. That is quite, that is, I mean, my mind is blown. You said, you say sexy, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I say, I say, say, I say a lot. I say a lot of shit. I shouldn't say. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, an email from Dan after today's coverage of the FA Cup and my beloved Borough. Thanks to Jim for giving the Palmo a shout. By the yes. way, yes. Have you had a Palmo? I have had a Palmo before because my dad's from Middlesbrough, isn't he? For, right. for those okay. that don't know, on the um, on, that listen to Ramble, um, I FaceTimed my dad in Jamaica after the game. And uh, do you know? Do you know what's funny is he hadn't actually watched it because he he'd been busy. And when I called, my mum answered my dad's phone, and my dad was halfway up a coconut tree. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And I went, Dad, have you seen the borough result? And he was like, Oh no, I haven't. What was the score? And I said, It's done now. I went to extra time. And he went, 
what happened? And he went, did we lose? And I said, no, you won. And he went, shut up. And he's like screaming from this. And he just fell off the tree. tree right? <laughs> and I was genuinely worried. I was like, dad, get down from the ladder and just come down, like, let, like talk to me. And then we, so we were FaceTiming. And it's the first thing he said after he finally like got the phone in his hand was, God, can't beat Barnsley at the weekend, but we beat Spurs in the cup. What's wrong with us? Such a football <laughs> fan's reaction. Isn't such, it? such a Spurs fan's reaction normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Um, there we go. So, we, so yeah, Back Dan. To Dan sorry. Yes, yeah. From he Dan tanked, to Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I had to email in after your discussion on Dale Friss' nickname of the Big Lighthouse and share some other quality current former current and former Borough player nicknames. Nice. Matt Cooks currently goes by the tree. <laughs> David Wheater was the red car rock. Juninho was the little fella. And my personal favourite for Phil Stamp, the flying pig. Wow. <laughs> you don't want to be known as a flying pig. He did get very pink, Phil Stamp, so I can understand that. I'd love to hear if you or any of the other Ramble listeners have any other for your own teams, nicknames presumably, and can better the flying pig. Andy, do you remember just... Oh, I don't know if I can say this on the show, actually. No, say no, it, say it anyway, no, no, no. then we'll cut it out. Okay, okay. Do you remember before score on Saturday, me and Steve Sidwell were talking about... Sorry, what? And I said what I think he looks like, and I think it's kind of become a thing amongst the Brighton fans. He looks like a porn star. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. But I don't know if his actual nickname is a porn star. I also don't know if I can say that. Is that... I don't know. But anyway, i <laughs> <laughs> I... So, um... I don't know. I don't know if I have any... Um... Man United players, what weird nicknames have they got? I don't know if there are any, but, but presumably this is like your own nicknames that you'd give to players. Oh, your own. I don't know whether these Borough ones might I be think They must be shared amongst the fan yeah, base, amongst right, surely. Okay. Because nothing beats... like Of the ones I've heard recently, the best is, I think it's Ross County striker Ross Stewart. Um, who's nicknamed the Loch Ness Drogba? Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. That's an outstanding nickname. Oh, yeah. isn't um, isn't Emil Smith Rowe the Croydon De Bruyne? No, is that not... they just keep saying that. Oh right, yeah. Who's they? Um, commentators keep using. Oh it. right, I Tyler keeps saying thing. it, and yeah, it sounds like something was... out of Brass Eye. I thought that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very annoying. Any yeah. any good Wimbledon ones? I, I don't know. I always enjoyed uh, Fitz Hall. We used to play for Oldham, one size. Yeah, yeah, that, that was nice. that, that was that was that, that was pretty good. <laughs> I think I've said this on the ramble before, but there was there's a South African former South African bowler, cricket um, player um, called Monday Zondeki, and his nickname was All Hands. Oh, nice, All <laughs> I like that. Um, you know Enoch and Wepu, who signed for Brighton this year. Yes, his nickname is the Computer. Right, but I don't actually really know why. Something that's probably because he's clever, isn't it? Do you reckon? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, Laurie Sanchez used to get called the professor. Yeah, for wearing glasses. Uh, 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 at yeah. Wimbledon because Everyone. he'd been to college. <laughs> Just, he went to school. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on having an education. Yeah, ba- basically. Right, keep those coming into us, guys. Any more emails you've got for us, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Um, right, let's talk about the other matches that took place last night in the FA Cup. And it was another win for Southampton. They are just, they're on a roll at the moment. This second half of the season, they're absolutely flying. They beat West Ham 3-1. They took the lead through an absolutely brilliant goal from Romain Perot. What a, what a goal that was, Vish. So good. And being a fucking nerd, I love the fact that it, the, it was, um, because we've had a lot of it recently, but it was fullback assisting the other fullback. Yes. Granted, it was Carl Walker-Peters playing a square pass and this lad banging it in from 40 <laughs> yards, but... It's such a good shot, and we—it was a perfect TV angle for Perot goal because you see it 
It was good, wasn't Move it? Move away and dip as well. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, really nice goal. Um, and Perot says that Southampton can now dream of going all the way. And look, they've because they've had such a good run in this second half of the season, Andy, they're not a threat of relegation. They're, they're probably unlikely to get a European place, you'd assume, maybe. There's an outside chance. No, no it's but unlikely, you're yeah, right. It's yeah. unlikely, so why not? Focus on the cup, play but, your strongest team in every game now. You're in the quarterfinals. But that's it from now, as mm. you say, because there was there was there was that great tweet, wasn't there, from the Southampton account afterwards of um it was it was it was a little gift taken from a zoom of uh Hazen Huttle like sort of putting his glasses on and adjusting itself and uh, yeah. it said um just giving giving you a minute um before the boss starts speaking to uh, delete all those tweets about the, the, the team selection beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Be- because <laughs> you would have been annoyed as a Southampton fan. I mean, nine changes when, as yeah, you say, this this team. could be mm. their their major focus. Even though they did really well, there needs to be some learning for this. We talked about this with Palace yesterday, about what are you resting the players for, really. I guess Palace, like you, you know, there's still... Like an outside chance they could get pulled into the, the the relegation scrap. But it's something that is infuriating for the fans of these teams in the middle of the table when there's a sense that they're not really making a proper pop, that they're kind of hedging their their bets. It's funny you say that because I really thought this was a missed opportunity for West Ham. Yeah. Even though they have... Totally. Even though Massively. they have a bit more to play for and, you know, they've got, you know, they're how many points off the top four? So what, they're... Two points off United in fourth. And granted, you know, Arsenal have quite a few games in hand and Spurs have a couple as well. But yeah, it felt like this was this would have been a really good way to not even just end their season with a bit of silverware, but also just like just fight on a on a few fronts. Obviously, they, you know, they're still in Europe, so there, there's obviously there still is that. But yeah, I, I couldn't shake the feeling that they should be more disappointed by this. Oh, They've they got will. Liverpool on the weekend they, as well. Yeah, I think they will be more disappointed though because David Moyes did name a strongest 11 for the game and yeah. it feels like... And again, it, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah yes. it's a hugely yeah. missed opportunity and and I think it's it's getting, to, it's getting to that point now where earlier on in the season there was all these conversations about whether or not West Ham's squad was going to start feeling it come January and onwards when, you know, you start to go deeper in Europe and then you're in this other cup competition and you've got all these other things that you're fighting for that the squad would start feeling it. And we've now seen that, haven't we, over the last couple of months with mm. West Ham. And and it's a real... Sh- I mean, it's not it's not for lack of trying. They tried to sign Luis Diaz, uh, as far as I... If you believe the reports in yeah, January. I mean, and blimey, then, come on. Uh, yeah. And then obviously he goes to Liverpool. So it's like they tried, but they just seem to keep failing to add to the depth of the squad. Yeah, I suppose I, I think you need a bit more. I, I think they would need the clout that they're going to get this season to pull off some of the people they were after. Yeah. Or certainly the to shop at that, you know, at that marketplace where they're, or that bit of the marketplace where they're going to get players that improve them. You need the backing of like, we are consistently at this level. Mm. Not like we've had one good season or mm-hmm. one and a half, two good seasons. But I still think you can sign smarter. If you're not going to get Luis Diaz, that's no reason to not sign anyone. And I think. They've been pretty lucky over the last two years, West Ham, because David Moyes has done an absolutely blinding job and he has made some of those signings that look like busts before into good players. And he deserved the backing this time. And he he didn't get it, really. I I think the recruitment department let him down, that they don't at least have a viable alternative to to Mikel Antonio. All these things are issues. And to, to me, I think this season... 
represents, it's a bit like Leicester's title win, really. That fourth place spot is not going to be as open in coming seasons as it is this yes. season. Yes. Yes. This yeah. is the season where, not by going mad in January, but by making a few astute signings, you could put yourself really firmly in the mix for it if you're West Ham. Now, of course, they've still got a chance of that. They've still got a chance of the Europa League and going deeper in that. And I actually think they'll beat Sevilla in the next round, which Ooh, very few people seem to agree with me. That's, Maybe. that's not very OTC opinion. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got that later. I've got a different opinion on that. You don't I think West Ham are going to get smashed by Sevilla. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't get um, free food for half a beer in Seville, do you? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't like them. Yeah, you, you have to pay for tapas to hell with them. <laughs> so I, 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 there's still plenty to play for, but they need to re-energise and refocus pretty quickly because, as you said, this is, I think, super deflating. Um, look, let's talk about the other match last night. Liverpool beat Norwich 2-1, which means that they are still on for the quadruple. Liverpool, they've won the League Cup. They can still go on and potentially win the FA Cup. Uh, they're in the Champions League so and potentially in for a shot at the title. Bit showy, well. isn't it? Bit showy, yeah. I think. You, know. you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Don't just, you know... What's the matter with just being humble? Like Man United. Is that a Man United Let other you? people have a go. Yeah. <laughs> well, they made their changes last night. Ten changes to the team. But it feels like when Jurgen Klopp makes these changes, there always seems to be one player that steps up and that we're impressed with. And, and last night it was Takumi Minamino. Yes, it was. And he has been low-key really useful to them this mm. season. I think... Um, <laughs> What, what what I really enjoyed about the team selection in this is, I think it was Lee Dixon, wasn't it, on co-commentary on ITV. It was just, whatever the match, is, match situation, I just want you to get Luis Diaz on. <laughs> I, I, I just want to see him. I don't really care about the game yeah. situation. We get to see 15 minutes of him now. Come on. And I, I really love that enthusiasm from yeah. a man in his 50s of like, I just want to see him. I just want to see him play. And I, I love that buzz that he's created. But this was a weird old match when you think about it. Because... Liverpool, obviously, are globally a lot better than Norwich. I think were comfortable for most of this night. There were definitely the moments, of, especially you look at that Alisson save at 2-1, where Norwich could have got something out of it. But that would have been quite inconsistent with the actual content of the game. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a lot more of a comfortable, even though Norwich did have an opportunity, it was much more of a comfortable than 2-1 actually looked. Yeah, it was almost yeah. because Liverpool have so consistently battered Norwich. They almost seem to take their foot off the gas in a way they're like, "Look, we can't do it to them again. Like, just take your punishment." <laughs> and then Norwich get up off the floor and they're like, "What are you doing? Mm-hmm. We don't want to hit you again." <laughs> um, they are frightening, and I—I I, I mean, it would be incredible <laughs> to see. But yeah, it would be. You're um, hating every minute of this. Uh, bitch, every aren't you? single minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There is this kind of there is this feeling, isn't there, around Liverpool? I think right now that they can do it, and I think that's probably frightening for all the other teams in these competitions and and uh, in the league as well for Man City because they are they are chasing them down, um, and you wouldn't put it past them. I think it's fair to say. Um, very funny last night on the ITV coverage of this match. And it has been shared on social media. So if you aren't in the UK, you've probably seen this clip. But it was Roy Keane and Ian Wright talking about touching the This Is Anfield sign as the players walk out onto the pitch. Uh, Mark Pugach, who is hosting it, our lovely Poogie, um, he said, um, he asked Wrighty if he'd ever touched the Anfield sign. And he said, I had to touch it. I had to touch it because it's iconic. And he got really excited when he was talking about it. And in true Roy Keane fashion, he said, 
I've not touched it. Of course I haven't. There's no points. Childish. <laughs> Childish. What benefit do you get out of it? As a Man United fan, Vish, what do you think of that? Is I mean, it childish? I mean, I wouldn't touch that sign, but <laughs> I, but definitely as a kid when I played football and we had, if we, like we were going out of the changing room and there was something low enough because players would touch that, we would always touch what, like there was nothing on the fucking thing. <laughs> but we would just, we would do it out of like, oh, we've seen people do this on TV. I mean, I'm imagining if you were playing for United, you know, you sticking your gum on it or something like that. Imagine how much hate you'd get for that. I mean, that would be... I used to do the Paul Ince thing of putting on my shirt only when I got on the field. <laughs> and I, I got yeah. in such shit because I wanted to put my Did shirt you? on inside out. There, there was they were a, like, fucking stop doing that. There was a great thread about, thread about this on Twitter the other day. I think it was um, Tim Hardwick, Barcelona, who was saying he uh, coaches an under-11s team and the stuff they do, you know, like sort of... Uh, pointing to the sky yeah. uh, the, the replies on that were incredible you, you you had an you had an 8 year old scoring and sticking the ball up his shirt <laughs> and sucking his thumb yeah, that's amazing <laughs> but, we, but like but, i mean the the funny thing about that was all the new things that kids are doing now but we used to do that when we like i yeah. i i was cradling a baby when i scored when i was like <laughs> 9 years old <laughs> Andy, would you touch the this Anfield side if you got the, if you walked through that tunnel just to do yeah, it yeah of course i did it you did it. I did it. Look. Yeah, but you'd do anything for an Instagram post, won't you? I, I could, can't believe I, you can reach. I could barely reach. <laughs> Read my caption on the picture. <laughs> You're not touching it. Read, yes, <laughs> I am no, touching, not touching it. it. Just, just touching it. She's not my, touching my, it. My, <laughs> I really tried. And you've got your 12-inch heels on I know, as well. That's what my, post, my caption actually says that. Five foot two and five inch heels and I can still barely reach. Lying on social oh media, God, five foot I'm, two. You're genuinely not, not touching, touching it. it. Yeah. Oh my God, this has come back to haunt me. When was that? 2018? You have to go back. For the last five years, I thought I touched it. Four no, years, four years. The, the thing is, you, it'd be harder That's now depressing. because you're no, a lot... I've grown. No, you're a lot older now, so you shrink, aren't you? <laughs> You shrink, so you shrink, you shrink past your forties, don't you? <laughs> oh, piss off! You're <laughs> Oh, anyway, it was one of those classic lines last night from Roy Keane, and um, I mean, I I'm quite glad he didn't get the Sunderland job because I love having him on the telly. Um, and if it wasn't for him believing in his horoscope back in 2011, we probably wouldn't see him on the telly because he actually revealed last week that the only reason he became a pundit is because he read his horoscope back then in 2011 and it advised him to stop saying no to people and that's why he said yes to ITV when they asked him the why is, is he into he's, horoscope he's so deadpan that I can't tell what's a joke don't know if it's a yeah. joke what's not a joke anymore I think that's a joke it's gotta be it must be are you into horoscopes Um, no but I read them and then go ooh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well, I, fair enough, so I don't yeah. know if I'm into them or not I, I, I believe that you can the the horoscope people who ever write them they write them and they're applicable to everyone because I then go and read all the others and go oh yeah that's for me as well if, like if I was born in April <laughs> that actually really suits me if you read your horoscope before the next visit to Anfield it will say jump off the third from bottom step and just swing your arm in the air that's what it'll say what's like, your wow. star sign Scorpio typical. What do you mean typical? Typical know. of what? That's just something to say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Scorpios do have a bit of a bite fish, a bit of a sting in their tail. That's where I get it from. Have I you just read, are you read? Have you read that as well? No, that's actually a, a true thing. Want to use Scorpios. your tail and touch the thing? <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> probably reach. <laughs> um, right, that is all from us. Uh, don't forget that tonight, Everton face Boreham Wood. Boreham Wood, who knocked Bournemouth out in the last round of the FA Cup, they are capable of an upset. They got their coach at nine o'clock this morning to travel up to Goodison Park. Um, 
they're going to be having a ball, aren't they? And they'll, they'll truly believe they can do this. It's a place in the quarterfinal for a non-league team would be remarkable. Great, great manager in Luke Garrard yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? He's going to be big. Yeah, he used to play for Wimbledon. Ah, of course he did. And they knocked yeah. Wimbledon out, didn't they? They Sorry, certainly Andy, did. I've just remembered that. They certainly did. Oh, yeah. yeah right. As in Borenwood knocked Wimbledon yeah. out in the earlier rounds. And then that's another thing you've got to remember with Borenwood is that because they are in the National League and they're doing very well. I think the last time I checked, they were like third in the table. So they've got a chance of getting promoted to the Football League. Um, they obviously started playing in the FA Cup back in like September with the, you know, the preliminary rounds and stuff. So they've had a long old journey to get to Goodison Park. And uh, I think for for any kind of neutral fans of this game, they'll be hoping for a bit of an upset. So I'm looking forward to that. And the guys will be here tomorrow to talk about that and the draw because the quarterfinal draw takes place before tonight's match. And Gareth Southgate is going to be fingering the balls in the bowl. Why do you say it like that? (laughs) I'm just saying you're going to be handling the balls. No, there's there's a better way of saying that. You're on TV. You wouldn't say that on score with your mates. <laughs> Might do. Might do. You were 12 mates. Oh, it's too many people to score, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So you, you were on it Yeah, last exactly. Time, yeah. To, where, you're outnumbered here, Vish. Have you been invited? No. No. There's a reason. I haven't. No, you only get me on your it's Friday like... PLP show so you can take the piss out of me in front of Malaysians. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Right, um, Andy, you've still got some work to do today, haven't you? OTC coming up, what's on the way? Um, we will be talking uh, with Miguel Delaney, who's joining us. Nice. Um, Miguel uh, Delaney's coming on my Friday show this week, Fish, not you. Are you just pilfering the independent? See. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. We, we will obviously be talking about the repercussions of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and all the knock-on effects of that in, in European football, as well as Pochettino at 50, because mm. of course he turned 50 this week. Oh, happy birthday, Poch. Lovely stuff. Okay. He's 50. I know. I, that's that's Ooh, amazing. Oh, I don't want a 50-year-old man in my club. We're, we're cool now. <laughs> oh, is that, is that the reason? <laughs> yeah. Is that the reason? Please How come, long? I don't mean it. And, and, and anyway, OTC will be available on Football Ramble for since later, so get yourself over there. It will be. Make sure you guys listen to that. And uh, thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, as always, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Um, Vish, you're back tomorrow with Marcus and Jim. Enjoy that. And thanks for listening, guys. See you soon. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.